Welcome, friends, to Golf is a Four-Letter Word. Approaching the tee box now, your host, Craig Dufton. And I'm back Sunday. Happy morning. To and I'm back, too. Janine's back. Home. If you didn't notice, she wasn't here last week, and I apologize for not pointing that out, pointing out the obvious to everybody. Thank you. That there was no sunshine on our podcast oh. last week. Actually, no, there was. And Ann Cummings was awesome. And uh, I can't wait to have her back on the show again. She's actually sponsoring our show today, too. So we'll talk about that later with our golf quote. And welcome to our live studio audience walking in. Hi, guys. How are you? So we're joined here with the awesome Ben, by the way, our producer, Ben Kitchen. And um, we have Nick Antonelli is with us via Zoom. So say hello, Nick. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. Nick is a uh, professional golfer who works at the Willow Creek Golf Academy at Atkinson Country Club, and he's uh, our our professional yeah. uh, teacher, Janine's teacher, my teacher. And uh, we are going to talk today with Nick for a good half hour about the driver. And it's a very mysterious club that some of you never pull out of your bags. Jake is afraid of the driver, yep. our son. There's a lot so of people that skip out. right over the driver, and let's let, let's address that right away, Nick. Why why is the driver, in your opinion, the most intimidating club for people? Why do you feel because of the pros they smash it so far? And what do you think? Well, a couple things for for starters. I mean, if you don't get the ball in play to start a hole, you're kind of behind the eight ball early, right? right? I mean, you whip one out of bounds or in a hazard, and you're hitting your third shot from the tee, and you're still three or 400 yards away, 500 yards away from the green. Yeah, green. the motivation's but gone. Yeah. <laughs> the game can seem, it, seem hard pretty quick when you're not driving it well. Um, from a from a physical standpoint, the club, with the exception of your putter, has the least loft of any other club in the bag. And it's the longest, it's longest shaft, so you're standing further from the ball. So for most people, the further you are from an object you're trying to hit, the harder it is to line up. So further from the ball, swing gets faster. Less loft, ball can curve more, more can go wrong. See, that was a great answer. A lot, yeah. lot better. See, this is why we have you on the show, Nick, so that we can get these great answers. Because otherwise, <laughs> that's us, why he's the pro. Us duffers out not. here are like, oh, I just hate the thing. I look down at it. I just hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Well, you got to find something you like the look of, too. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into that, too, like the fitting of it. And I think seeing some, looking down at something you like is priceless. Yeah. So how do you feel Exciting. like the, the average driver is about 10 and a half degrees of loft, right? The, the medium, say, say the one that the average 18 hole, 18 handicap golfer is going to use a 10 and a half or a 12, right? And what's the shaft size on those? Typically 40. What is it? Well, that's 30? the thing. The, the standard, all different? It's kind of plateaued and with some companies dialed back a bit, but it's, it's longer than it should be. Um, you know, if you go back 20 years, 25 years, the average was probably in the 44 to 45 range. If you go back another 10 years on that, you know, 70s, 80s, into what the 90s, it's probably closer to 43 or 44. So um, you're, you're talking about, for people who don't know that, that's inches that we're talking about. And Oh, yeah. Yep. And um, they the, the shafts have gotten longer. I mean, obviously, Bryson has taken it to a whole new plateau with pretty much right. every one of his golf clubs at at. 48 or inches or whatever he uses for a shaft. Yeah, the driver's so, going to 48. But now off the rack, let's call a standard 45 and a half, which is, I would say, between a half an inch and a full inch longer than the PGA Tour average what those guys are using. Hmm. Um, Interesting. 
So why does why do the why do the pros use it shorter a shorter shaft than the amateur? Um, I would say control for one, yeah. not only control of the ball, but just control of the club head and where you're hitting the ball in the face. Um, like I said before, the further you stand from it, the harder it is to line up to line up on center when when you're coming down into impact. Okay. Um, Let's so talk about that. It, Let's talk about that though. In in ball position. Let's start with that. You know, a lot of people. That's where they go wrong. Is they're is they're positioning the ball either way too far ahead or way too far behind, and they top it or they, you know, or they're just driving it right. So where yeah. where do you where do you teach the ball the ball position for a driver? I don't think you can go wrong with off the left heel for a right handed player off the lead heel. Okay. Um, if you, I play with some better players that like to tee it really high. The higher you tee the ball, the more forward the ball has to be, period. Um, because you're when you're teeing it that high, you want to be hitting it on the upswing. So if you look at like the long drive players, those those guys and girls will tee it. The ball will be an inch above, two inches above the top of the crown of the driver. And the ball position is like outside the lead toe. But way forward. So that enables them to hit it more on the upswing, launch it higher. Um, Get more spin on it, like forward spin, right? You want? Uh, no, uh, less backspin. No like ball is going to have forward spin. Right. Um, less backspin. So, like a pro that wants, if you want to hit it far, the 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 combination is high launch, low spin. So let's call low spin like fifteen hundred RPMs. Now, for you to have that little spin on a golf ball, you need to a have a lot of speed to keep it in the air. So, Craig, if you launch the ball with fifteen hundred spin, you probably carry it shorter than you do now. You need spin to keep it in the air unless you have speed or launch. So you have to launch it really high with a lot of speed. Yeah. Where you're better off having a little more spin on your ball. So people that play it a little further back will see it a little lower. Uh, they'll launch it a little flatter. They'll have a little more spin to get it in the air. There's no like perfect. There's no perfect because everyone swings a little different. Like you take somebody, somebody that everybody knows, like a like a Sergio Garcia or a Brooks Kepka, both awesome drivers of the ball. They hit down on the ball. They spin it. And you have a guy like Rory that hits up on the ball and doesn't spin it a lot. So there's it's not one way to do it, but right. everything's that is the great part about golf though, is there's a couple Everybody's of different. there's a couple of ways to approach the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So sure. And what might work for one may not work for somebody else. So why don't you ask some questions? You're an you're an average you're the average American golfer. You're out there. What I you, just my my aim. I mean I can drive it pretty well, would right. you say? Do we want to talk about what do you want to talk about next about the driver? Talk about the aiming and how how important that is. And well, so are we talking like alignment aim, or are we talking just dispersion of the ball aim, like where the ball ends up? Well, let's talk. Sure I'm understanding. Let's, you pick right. you pick one, and then we'll talk about the other one after that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. I just want well, it to go right, straight. So, listen, like you you just you right said right at the beginning right. of the show though that you want to put the ball in play. So let's talk about aiming to put the ball in play. All right. So. so Aim aims in your mind. You you see a target and say, okay, I'm gonna hit it at the right edge of the fairway bunker. That's my aim. That's 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 in here. Your alignment is actually physically where you're not to you're not supposed to define a word with the word, but where you're aligned, where your where your feet, your knees, your hips, your shoulders, yep. how things are positioned in relation to the golf ball and your target. So people generally aim well. Aim is intention. We have good intentions, but if we're not aligned well. You want your alignment and your aim to be aligned, looking like they're trying to achieve <laughs> the same thing. When people come in for a lesson, they're like, okay, I'm, I'm aimed at that tree, but they're aligned at the right edge of the range. I'm like, okay, we, we have some mix up here. That so, makes sense. I mean, the best Not way to work on your alignment 
is, is obviously practice. You know, you see plenty of players practicing, laying down clubs at their feet, working on ball position and alignment. Uh, the mm -hmm. driveway markers are awesome. Uh, I think working on setting up and putting something in between you and your target, for instance, taking a driveway marker and walking it 20 feet up your target line and putting a stake in the ground. So it gives you kind of an intermediate visual, almost like picture, like a field goal post in between you and your target. Huh. And, like and this visual. is, this is so true because you'll, you'll see this when you're, you know, if you're watching the golf channel and you're seeing them warming up on the, on the range, they, they, they're using the driveway, they're using the driveway markers, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the ones you put out in your driveway for marking for snow, right? They, they, they oh, use really? those as simple alignment tools. Yeah. Yep. I've seen like them line clubs down. I've seen. Yeah. 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 Totally. You do you that too. Yeah. Work on the ball position and, and alignment with that. Um, do it with tees. So maybe just know? fixate yeah. a line to a point ahead of you, but that's not the full yardage, maybe halfway. Right. 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 Yeah. Or, I mean, even way less, I mean, if you're hitting something 200 yards, like let's say you drive the ball 200 yards, um, you might put that driveway marker 20 feet, you know, up the line mm -hmm. and try to hit it right over or put two that like, you know, split the surround your target line. So to say, so you're trying to feed it through something, um, just good visual, yep. um, mm -hmm. golf's hard. It's hard to align and aim, so to say, um, because you're standing on side of the ball. You're not standing directly behind the ball. So you're trying to build something that's trying to build your stance to be relatively close to parallel to your target line. And everyone, you know, you might be left eye dominant. I might be right eye dominant. Everyone has different eye dominance and trying to aim from the side is a lot harder than if you could just stand behind it and mm -hmm. aim. But if you work at it, you can get, you can get better at it. I mean, it's, you just got to know what your tendency is. Most of the time people have a tendency like to left aim or to right aim or to play the ball too far forward or too far back. And those two things feed off each other big time, like ball position and alignment. You can't really talk about one without the other. Hmm. So you're just trying to get that ball, you know, in, in the right spot in your stance. You try to get your stance in the right spot in relation to the ball, vice versa. If you have those things working together, you're not going to fight it as much. How do you feel about um, a pre-shot routine? And do you do one yourself? Oh yeah, sure. I think it's, I think it's very important. I think it's important though, that it comes like, Listen, like anytime you're trying something new, it can be weird to try to implement. But what I was going with is it's got to be, it's got to be organic. Like it's got to be, you know, when you see people do the same things every time, usually they don't even know they're doing it, but they're just getting themselves, you know, mentally ready to play. But absolutely, I, th I think it's important that you try to try to do the same thing every time. Stay consistent with, you know, how you build your grip, how you set your feet, where you align the ball. You know, but I think like waggles and feet tapping, all that stuff, like some of that stuff. So subconscious people don't even know they're doing. Yeah. You know, I, I try to on my, when I drive and, and on most of my shots, I try to stay, I look, I come from behind the ball mm -hmm. and I try to keep that same routine every time I, I swing. I like yeah. to look to visualize a target that, and then I can, I pick a target that's closer. That's, you know, in line with my, okay. my ultimate so target. And then yeah. as I'm rotating my ball, I'm keeping my eye on that target and I'm aligning my body to that target. I mean, yeah. it, it sounds in theory, it's like the best thing ever. My, I have the best pre-shot routine ever, but then <laughs> <laughs> execution and theory, you know, right. We're, we're but working, I mean, picture pretend like, let's say, let's say you go out and hit half your fairways. And you did that, you did your routine for five rounds of golf and you hit half your fairways. I bet if you just stepped up and hit it without doing that, you're not going to miss every fairway, but I bet your performance would go down in the long term. You're still going to have good days and bad days driving, but you're giving yourself the best chance 
to yeah. hit something nice and to build a rhythm. Let's let's talk about let's talk about the driver um, versus the three wood for people because a lot of people that are amateur golfers hit a three wood off the tee. Now, how, how, what's your stance on driver versus the smart play? You know what I mean? Like in a lot of places, like a lot of golf courses, a lot of holes that are maybe three twenty five or three forty. Oh, stealing my quote. I got I got oh. two quotes. About oh, okay, this, so this sorry. Is good. <laughs> no, no, no. This is all good. right. Well, let's go to a quote then, and then we can talk about it. Give well, us. Well, all right. So. I have two quotes and ironically they kind of contradict each other. But the point is, I think knowing how to identify the situation makes you a smart golfer. So one quote is conservative target, cocky swing or replace target. This is a Bob Rotella quote. I got to give him props, replace target with club. So conservative club, cocky swing. So you get up on a hole and it looks tight and you put a driver in your hand and you're trying to steer it. It's probably not going to be a great outcome, but if you go down to a four iron or five wood, whatever it is, and you can free up and put a good swing on it, that's the better play on that hole, right? So yeah. I think, and the other quote for that matter is, long and crooked always be short and crooked. So sometimes when you get on a hole, the driver actually gives you the widest landing area, and if you miss, you actually have a better spot of being in play versus if you go back to a shorter club and you don't put a good swing on it, Yeah, that doesn't help you either. Right. So I think mm-hmm. knowing how to identify those two situations and – what I see is most people get it wrong. Most people that aren't, you know, as, as skilled or don't have that, you know, golf savvy yet. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes on a, on a short hole, you know, you'd think, okay, I'm just gonna hit my four iron play, but you're trying to hit that four iron now between two bunkers where if you hit driver and hit it past the bunkers, you might have double the landing area. Right. That way, if you miss, you're still in play. So you got to know when to hit driver, when it's a good time. You got to look at, you know, you got to know how far you hit the ball know where the trouble is, and then you fit your club selection into those spots. You want to be hitting to the widest, widest piece of property. Yeah. So sorry if I contradicted myself. No, no, it's true, though, because, you know, I, I play I play P's a lot, and, and at P's there's a lot of places where you can you can hit driver and just really just crank it, and even though you may be in the other fairway, you're still – going to be if you took out a two iron or three iron or four iron like you said and you're you know you hit your four iron 205 or 200 you know i think sometimes it's better to be in the rough 70 yards ahead than it is to be in the fairway with a three another three iron in your hand versus right you know, oh, 100 you know 100%. but a lot so of- i i i coach a high school golf team and i was at our, uh, our our league tournament last week and there was a short hole it's only like 280 ish uh par four bunkers in front of the green Huge tree, short left, huge tree, short right. Um, pin was tucked in the corner. And, you know, you're looking out on the scorecard like, oh, this is a birdie hole. Like, they're going to tear this up. But when I watched my group come through, we had we had two birdies, a bogey, and a double bogey. And the hole was 275. And I saw that same theme throughout the day from other players and other teams. And, hmm. you know, if you have the <laughs> length to get there, hitting driver was probably a good play because you could have an eagle putt and, and an easy birdie. Yep. If you get it in the front bunker, that's a good play. But I saw kids hitting like three irons and three woods, trying to leave it like 30 to 50 yards short of the green. And if they miss the fairway, now they be they have these huge trees to contend with. I didn't see anybody take out like an eight iron and lay back to like say 130, where now if they miss the fairway, they can still safe. get it on the green. Right. So you saw kids 30 yards short of this green, trying to punch out, going through the green, making bogey, making six on this hole that's like it's a nothing hole. Getting it's 275. And- <laughs> Very short. Right. But- 
Just got to know, you know, risk reward, right? I mean, that's golf, that's golf in a nutshell and the risk and reward, because, you know, after it's, it's perfectly clear after you take the shot, (laughs) you have a hundred percent clarity. You're like, yeah, I probably should have, probably shouldn't have taken a driver there, but (laughs) you know, and it's knowledge of the course too. I mean, I'm sure that if those kids come through again, the kid who made birdie is going to probably make another birdie or a par because he played. He knows how to play the hole, and so these the other guys are going to try a different way to play the hole, and they right. may, they may either birdie or par, or you know have that same result. So, so I just have to play right. every day, and then I'd be really good, right? Like Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the more you play, that's my our father used to say that all the time. You know, show me a show me your scorecard, and I'll tell you how many times a week you play golf. You know. Yeah, so, that's true. That's true. It's exciting. What else, Jen? Off. You got any? J9, you must have some other driving questions. How do you draw? How do you fade? How do you, what do you want to know? I don't even, <laughs> fill me in. Tell me, tell me everything I need to know. Well, a lot of people play, you know, a lot of people have a natural left to right swing or a natural right to left swing, but don't play it. Like me, I have a right to left swing that I've been used to. Every time I try to play my right to left swing, I hit it straight into the woods. So any advice on right. someone like that yeah. who's trying to play their right to left or left to right in there? I tend to hit it to the right, inconsistent. I believe, right? Correct? Yes. Yeah, I mean, you want to keep your ball curve. There's no problem with having a little shape. I mean, you should, absolutely. Like, straight ball is kind of like a myth. Nobody hits it straight. Just because you hit the fairway doesn't mean it's straight. Usually right. the ball looks like it wants to curve <laughs> one way or the other. But, you know, if you're... You got to know it and use it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I have the luxury, you know, teaching with, with the track man, you know, I don't always use it, but I have it there when I need to. And oftentimes if I have a new student or someone that's struggling with a T-ball, I'll, I'll bust it out and have a look. And I like to see the club path numbers, you know, stay fairly tight. Um, you know, a couple degrees, if you're swinging a couple degrees left or a couple degrees, right, that's fine. Um, you know, when your path is getting, let's say 10 degrees, like the average guy that comes in and slices to the right or, you know, puts a lot of curve on the ball from left to right. Typically their path number is pretty strong across the ball and that's going to impart a lot of spin. So So what does that mean for people that don't understand that you're talking about the, the, you're looking at the actual club face path or yeah, like how the club's working through the impact area. So not a perfect uh, relationship, uh, a perfect example. Let's think about the direction of your divot. Like if you're aiming at the middle of the green and your divot goes way left to the green, you yeah. know, your path is going across the golf ball. Yeah. You know, if your divot's going out to the right, hmm. you're swinging out away from you. So, uh, you know, trying to get that path just a little bit tighter, I think would help a lot of people. Um, golf ball, the ball spins three factors, the club path, the club face and where it's hit on the club Sorry. face. Um, so you want to figure out like what's your what's your bad shot. So let's say the average person that misses to the right is probably swinging well left to target with a club face that's open or pointed to the right in relation to the direction they're swinging. They tend to hit it really all over the face, but you see a lot of heel shots, and any ball that's hit on the heel is going to tend to spin spin to the right. Hmm. Um, you know, if, if if you're a hooker of the ball, you probably have a shut face face that points too far to the left. You might swing too much into out. You might err more on the toe of the golf club. So if you're spraying the ball, you know, Craig, so like you say, when you hit your right to left on a good day, it's probably a nice soft draw. Yeah. And on a bad day, it, it hooks too much. So it's one of those three things. You either on a bad day, you're swinging too inside out and it imparts too much spin. 
on a bad day, you might get the club face closing a little faster through the impact area. So now instead of starting out to the right and draw, it might start straight and then draw and it's in trouble. Yeah. Or you might hit it on the toe of the golf club on, on your bad swings and that causes it to hook more. Right. So I would identify the path, the face or the contact point weakness in your game and figure out why in your swing that happens and work with someone that can help it or try to figure it out. And you are track man certified per too as well. To let yeah, whatever a little, that means. little shameless, <laughs> little shameless, little shameless promotion for you. I, I, I got to do a good. little like twenty hour, whatever ten hour. I was Pac Man certified in the eighties, so <laughs> I spent like twelve thousand dollars in quarters on Pac Man. So I'm Pac Man certified. So nice. I remember that game. That was kind of like dying out when I was growing up. But I remember. I, that. Oh, see, thanks. <laughs> uh, we're losing oh. Nick. I don't understand it. <laughs> oh, Zoom's Zoom's breaking up. Uh, you know, I think the two things, and this would probably cost somebody $200 or less. This to me would be the most beneficial way of becoming a better driver of the ball. Uh, I would say one, take a lesson on setup. I see so many bad setups on the lesson T from even decent players. People have been playing forever, yeah. you know, that can go out and shoot 85 or 90, but they get the ball and play, but they have a big slice or they struggle with that hook or whatever, but see bad setups, bad grip, bad ball position, bad placement of the body, how they set their, you know, how they're setting their joints and all that stuff. Find a good pro that can teach you how to address the ball. Like you. And have you, you might not be able to swing like, you know, Sergio or Tiger or any of those, you know, phenomenal greats, but to set up like one is like, you get the setup wrong. That's shame on you. You know, what's uh, the common, what's the most common mistake you see new golfers make when it comes to driving? What, like you just ran down a litany of things that you can improve with the help of a pro, but what's the one you happen to see the most? They can't hold the club. They don't know how to hold the club. They probably don't have grips that fit them and they don't get their hands on the club the right way. It's like, you just see it and you just know like, okay, this is going to be an uphill battle from here. Yeah. Get that strong start, left hand. Start and it, with you the know. right tools. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And especially even, you know, even for people who've been golfing forever like me, I, you know, I, I go to Nick and I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy seeing Janine and her basics I and I, and I get to more. review my basics while I'm listening to them talk. And then I get up there and Nick and I kind of tweak the things that I'm working on and, and it works, you know, I, cool. I remember all the, the different lessons. So, like but I think that the driver for pe a lot of people give up on the driver though really quickly. You know, they'll buy a brand new driver and you know they they see Sergio and Bruce Kep Brooks Kepka get out there and just they're just smashing the ball to high heaven. I mean, look at Bryson with with what he's doing. He's one of those golfers that's like, you know what? If the golf the golf hole's three seventy five and I can drive at three forty, then that means that no matter where I land, I'm going to be thirty five yards from the green. And he lives with that. You know, and he won a U.S. Open by doing that, you know, mm -hmm. by just smashing the ball. And then there are other players like that, like Tiger will get, he'll take a three wood and hit it at the Masters down the fairway to, because he knows he's played the golf course 50,000 times and he knows, you know, driver is not going to work here, but Bryson right. will drive no matter what, no matter what the hole is. Right. You know, and I think right. pros, pros translate like just like in everything in NASCAR and everything pros translate down to amateurs. And so amateurs get out there and they think, I'm just going to smash it as far as I possibly can. And there's a whole generation of kids that are growing up right now. Right, Nick, that are their coaches are teaching them, you know, re rewriting everything like like 
how Bryson's doing stuff. They're just telling just to smash it because listen, right. if you're if you're like on the bottom half of your college team or your high school team, right? I mean, what's what what are you going to lose if you get out there and you just practice on on hitting the ball as hard as you can? You know, right. you want to talk about that? Are you seeing yeah. it with your kids now? They they smashing it. Yeah, but I'll say this though too. That's been around. That's been around for a while. Like I remember, I remember. I think it was Arnold Palmer or Jack. I forget which one. Um, and I remember this when I was a kid. Like you should be hitting the ball as hard as you can. Oh, that was Ar- Arnold Palmer, definitely. Yeah, he because like also if you think about it too, from a from a developmental standpoint, like people get fat. You get your speed. You know when you're 15 whether you're a fast runner or not, right? Yeah. Like you don't get fast later in life. Like you have that window of you know, probably eight to 20. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm pretty spry for 52. <laughs> I, a lot sprier than I was. I'm just saying. Go ahead. No, but, go ahead. Yeah. You, you build, you build that speed at a young age for the most part. Right. So you can always, you can always straighten it out later. Yeah. So I think that, that ideal, ideal, uh, what am I trying to say? Ideology. ideology. Yeah. Ideology. <laughs> I'm going to skip that word. <laughs> try, her, uh, try Herculean. See if that one works. Herculean. I can do that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> that outlook's been around for a while, though. Hit it far when you're young. Yeah. Dial it back later. Um, That's what I tell Janine. I'm like, just swing. Swing as, swing as hard as you can right now. And then, you know, get, if you get the proper alignment, you got the proper grip. Yeah, it's just you know. my alignment. Yeah. I was hitting it like 190. Yeah. Like At the end of the day, I, I don't think people realize, like, in, in relation to our crooked, how straight Bryson hits it, though. Like, because, okay, I'm just going to bomb it. I'll go find it. Like, yeah, if you're three yards in the rough, you can still play. And right. If you drive it 400 yards and you're three yards in the rough, cool. But, yeah. like, you know, people get up and just wail at it and they spray it out of play. Like, you know, that's it's not going to work. So I think. <laughs> You know, no. you'd be surprised at how straight he hits it. If he didn't hit it straight, if he was hitting 20% of his fairways, he wouldn't be out there very long. But he's yeah. still hitting 50, 60% of his fairways. Yeah. So it's like he's giving up 5%. He's not giving up 20% of fairways hit. But so, I mean, you, you do agree the length, the length that he's bombing it just gives him such a huge advantage over someone. Oh, who's, sure. Who's but I mean, not, Tiger, Tiger yeah. and Jack did that too, though. Yeah. Like yeah. Tiger was 20 or 30 yards past his competition in his peak. Right now, Bryson's twenty or thirty yards past his competition. It's yep. It's a new it's generation longer, growing up. Yep. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, you still got you got to get the ball in play. You got to get your wedges, you know, irons on the green. You got to make putts. You got to save yourself when you're out of position. I mean, it's it's sick what he's doing. I mean, it's just a piece of the pie, though. I mean, he's still he could probably go out and hit three wood and still win when he was going to win that week because when he wins his tournament, he's still going to putt good that week. Yeah. Right. So it's only like a piece of the pie. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Another, so another, 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 another uh, weapon that we'll be talking about in a couple of weeks is the putter. We'll go. So we're going to be doing. We're going to have Nick on as as often as we can get him, and uh, he's going to be teaching us all different aspects of the golf game. So if you are out there listening today and you have any questions for Nick, you can get in touch with him at the uh, Willow Creek Golf Academy. You just click on him right there, and it goes right to him. And uh, or you can get in touch with us here on the show, and we'll get you in touch with him. But um, what do you got for a final final? advice you know we we already did the uh we already did your quotes which were pretty cool quotes we can go over those again really quick if you want for everybody that well yeah i'll just, I just finish my so i said you know the two biggest things i said sub 200 bucks you'd, you'd, you'd pay a pro for a lesson get yep. you set up the right way make sure you're not making any mistakes before you pull the club away that's one and then your next your next task would be get fit get fit by somebody good um you know i think that's huge you get you get the right piece of equipment in your hand and you know, if a club's too long or the shaft's too bendy or you don't have enough loft or whatever it is, you know, 
just like the setup. If you're fighting the play before you even swing the club, right? You're not going to do yourself any favors. And and sometimes I tell people like I, I do some fitting. I don't do a lot. My my niche is more teaching, but I, I do some fitting. I'll help my students with their equipment. Um, nice. You know, when someone signs up for a fitting, I said, look, my goal isn't to sell you a club. My goal is to for you to have the best club for you. And I'd say one in every four or five fits, I tell people to keep what they got anyway. Like, uh, you, you hit those irons, great. You, you hit that driver, great. Your three woods, it's great. So maybe even more. I mean, I, if, if you want new new and the latest and greatest, don't come to me for a club fit because sometimes I'll just tell you what you have is good. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's what you have and just a little bit of an adjustment is all you need. Change the loft a little bit. But yep. I think sh- shaft's a big one. Like, you know, like I said, the, the standard length's gone up and up. Most of the time, people can't handle that length. You know, shorter shaft length is nine times out of ten going to be better. Yeah, too whippy. But you can't just go cutting it down because then you change the weighting of your club. So that's why you got to work mm. with a fitter. So when they order your club, it comes at the right length with the right head weight. Don't just go. Oh, Nick said cut a foot off my driver. Now you get this thing that feels like a good <laughs> club. Like, don't but do Nick that. said I can <laughs> do it. Yeah. Consult, consult, consult. When your driver is shorter than your putter, then you know. Yeah, you've gone a little too far. So yeah. what else you want to talk about? Anything else, anything else you want to talk about really quick before we take off? Oh, man. I mean, there's um, so much we can talk about, but... I know. Know, talk about I know. what you're going to be uh, up, up and coming. We're going to talk about some iron play. We're talking about short game. We talk about... Yeah, we said putting. wedges and putters. So I figure, you know, we could... I mean, putting's pretty self-explanatory. We talk about some putting, lag putting, short putting, you know, putting under whatever sort of pressure the audience, you know, you think would be a good fit, whether it's a you know, a best ball match, a club championship, or, a, you know, playing in a scramble for the first time, just putting in general. Um, then when we get to wedges, we can talk about, you know, bunker play. You know, we could probably – wedges, my gosh, you probably have four episodes on because you got pitching, chipping, bunkers, flops, yardage wedges. It's all different types of wedge shots. Power. Yeah, I'd like to – the other thing I'd like to have people know, too, that we're going to talk about is, you know, what, what kind of wedge do you need? You know, what kind of uh, – the t- the soul or how how many degrees of that do you need? We can explain all that stuff too for people on on their yeah, preferences equipment. for Definitely. for equipment. You know of Definitely. because you know a lot of people don't understand that th- their gap wedge they think is a gap wedge. It's at forty five degrees, and then their next wedge is fifty six or something, and there's nothing in between right, the forty five right. degree pitching wedge and their their they think that their fifty six is a gap wedge, and you're like, eh, that's like eleven degrees of that you're missing yeah. of yardage that you could be taking advantage of with like a 52, you know, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, well, so on the note of driving, like we've talked about now, while, while we're together, just a couple of things to look at when you're going for your driver, you know, yep. one of the things is loft, obviously. And the beauty about today's clubs is they are, most of them are, are adjustable to some are a great degree. So in loft on most of them you can. So, but also understanding that when you change the loft, you also affect the face angle. So let's say you're somebody that slices the ball and you buy your 10 and a half degree driver. Now it's going too high and you try to take loft off and you bump it down to say nine degrees. Well, when you take loft off, you actually effectively open the face angle. So for a slicer, that's not really good. Nope. But if you're working with a fitter that says, okay, you slice it and we're between lofts, let's get you less loft. You can always tune it up and it'll close the face a little bit. It might help your slice. So even like a little tweak like that, yep. that it's not going to make your slice a two yard drop, but that might make your bad That's swing a 30 yard slice be a 18 yard slice. And it might catch the rough and stay in play. Right. Just like little things. Sure. Um, 
certain drivers are weighted differently internally that you can't really, sometimes you can see where the screws are on the outside, but sometimes it's internal. Um, you have draw bias and more fade bias and where the center of gravity is on the club. So it either, you know, helps the club close or helps the club not close. Um, and that obviously that's pretty self-explanatory if you're a fader or a hooker, which one you need, but also whether the, the weight is forward or back. Uh, you know, the further back you put the weight in a golf club, generally the more forgiving it's going to be, the easier it is to get up in the air. More forward you put the weight. Better players tend to like the weight a little bit more forward because you kind of feel where the face is a little bit better and helps keep the ball flight from getting too high, make it make it drive a little better. Uh, so much stuff to know. Yeah, and, 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 and that's why that. going like, to somebody there's good, people, though, There's people at home going, you know, I think I pick, pick up golf, then they watch our app podcast <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, I'd rather play chess. <laughs> you know, well, my, I think mom, like, my mom's in the but, audience and she's like, yeah, is he speaking English at all right now? Or like, but hearing <laughs> that, like what I would tell somebody to do is like, don't self-educate, just yeah. go to somebody good. And then you don't even, the if, if you go to someone and you say, if you go to my, you know, one of my guys that I, I work with JT, he's awesome, awesome club fitter. Like you go to a place like that, you go to a guy like JT and you say, Hey, you know, I, I slice it. Um, I do this. You know, he's going to eliminate in his mind 10 shafts and 10 club heads that wouldn't fit you. You, you don't even need to hit those because he knows watching you swing and yeah. listening to you describe your miss, he's going to know you know the three or four clubs that you're going to want to hit. If right. I go into him, I say, look, I hook the ball. I hit it too high. Same thing. He's like, okay, well, all these, all these shafts, those are out the window. These are the five that you're probably going to like. These are the few club heads you're going to like. So I agree because there is a huge difference, especially nowadays where everything is the size of a garbage lid for the, for your club head. I mean, they, yeah. the drivers are, are absolutely enormous compared to even 10 years ago. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, they're 400, 300 CCs back then was big and now they're just like, got a new one. they're, they're crazy. Yeah. I just bought a Cleveland. The, the, uh, uh, Cleveland. Yeah. I, it, I just one? like, I like the look of it. The, the HD, the brand new one. Cool. I literally haven't even taken the. I took the club head cover off of it just once. So, I just saw it online and it, I love the look of it. It's got a smoke. What do you like? Smoky. So, talk about that. What do you like the look of when you look at? What do you want to look down at when you look at your driver? I don't want to look down at anything shiny. I liked. The, I liked how it was matted and black. And like my Titleist driver, I like a lot and I hit it really well. But every now and then, when I'm playing in the sun, it's shiny and staring up at me, and I want to. You know what I mean? I, I well, it's kind of funny because we talked about this. I think on another show that buying a golf club is people go by looks; they don't go by feel. Sometimes, I mean, better golfers, of course, sure, right? But most people, when they're buying their first set of golf clubs, they're like, "Oh, these are pretty." You know what I mean? Or these, I like the like, yeah. I like these because they're green or they're blue oh, they're or they're, pink. you know. And <laughs> but I got a ten and a, I got a ten and a half loft. Um, I got a four four Stiff shaft, so I'm gonna give it a mm -hmm. shot. See what it looks like. Uakara. Yeah, Jake is gonna get a nice T. And my title is TS2. is is a beautiful driver. So yeah, those were good. You know, those are good. I know, I know you're. I know you're a Titleist. Stuff. You're a Titleist guy. Yeah, I like, like their stuff. They just came out with a new line too that looks unreal. All right, so good. Reminds me of the stuff I played when I was young. Excellent. Well, we'll see you soon, Nick. I know you're. You got to take off. But um, I really yeah. appreciate having you here. If anybody wants yes, to get in touch you. with Nick, he's at the Willow Creek Golf Academy at Atkinson Country Club, one of our one of our favorite spots. I need and, another lesson too. And Janine will come see you soon. And I appreciate your time. We'll see you next week. We're going to talk about Thanks. Far Corners Golf Course. Awesome. Enjoy. That's Have a nice weekend. See you, Nick. Thank you so much. Thanks.
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.